0: You're listening to The Doctor's Companion, brought to you by InStockTrades.com and DCService.com. Hello and welcome to another episode of The Doctor's Companion. I'm Scott Corelli. And I'm Matt Smith, but not that Matt Smith. And we're from mindrobber.net, the home site of Mind Robber Productions, where we talk about all the things on podcasts, uh, like uh, Doctor Who on The Doctor's Companion, the show you're listening to right now, uh, The Mind Robbers Versus, where we're currently wrapping up our discussion of Batman Beyond, um, soon to be jumping into Justice League and then Justice League Unlimited, uh, and then Veronica Mars around the first of the year. Um... Then there's our flagship podcast, The Mind Robbers, where we talk about everything else. And if you like our shows, you should review them on iTunes. If you have questions, comments, concerns, uh, email them to us at podcast at mindrobber.net. And if you want to start a discussion, uh, find the post of this episode and leave a comment uh, so we can know what you're thinking and and respond. And then, uh, most importantly, tell all your friends. Um, All of them. All of them. Uh, Today, we're talking about Planet of the Dead. Which was the second, uh, the second, like, air quotes, fifth, like, four point, season 4.5 specials. Mm -hmm. Um, it was the, it's the, it's the second one. Uh, it was the Easter special. Um, this is, uh, right near the very, very tail end of David Tennant's Doctor. Um, and, uh, Mm -hmm. I'm sure, uh, I'm sure there's some background significance for this because, uh, this was during the uh, the the Russell T Davies book time frame, um, so there's usually lots yes, of uh, interesting yes. stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, so Planet of the
1: Dead, yeah, like you said, it's the Easter special. It is like it's considered technically still a part of season four, um, but not really uh, season four. And uh, it's interesting because. Uh, it is it is designed as an Easter special. Uh, it's written by Russell T. Davies and Gareth Roberts uh, and it was credited to both of them because it was planned for Davies to write all of these, uh, Waters of Mars and End of Time, but he was so busy with with Torchwood that Julie Gardner was like, you know what? Outsource it to another person then just slap your name on it because you're going to rewrite the whole thing anyways. So, <laughs> what Davies does is he allows Gareth Roberts to write this story um, and uh, uh, slaps his name on it when he does the inevitable rewriting. What's interesting is a couple things about this is a really interesting. One, the companion that. Roberts was using for this, actually went through a bunch of different um, uh, iterations, one of the ideas was that she would be like a Tracy Turnblad type character, like an overrate, an overrate, cheery, uh, dead-end job sort of character, but they decided that that was too much like Rose, and um, they uh, Davies was really conscious to try and get away from the Rose Donna Martha thing that they'd done, he wanted something new, so they came up with this idea for a, a cat burglar sort of character. Uh, and eventually that became the Lady Christina D'Souza. Um, also interesting. <laughs> The bus, I mean, this is my favorite thing, but uh, the bus that they had, if you look at it, it looks really mangled. Um, it, it's just really just all messed up when it comes out of the portal for the first time. That was actually not intentional. They had strapped the bus to a boat, and then someone had laid a container on top of the bus, and the bus just collapsed under the weight. And there's just pictures <laughs> that are floating around, and if you want to see what this bus looked like, like it just looks amazing. Um, and it's one of the topics of discussion in The Writer's Tale where Davies is just laughing about it because he doesn't know what to do. Like, he's just, it just looks, it just looks mangled. I've never seen a bus so messed up before. It's really, really fantastic. Um... Oh my god. (laughs) But, uh, but yeah, so so that's kind of where it comes from. It was designed to just kind of bridge this gap year between uh, over Tenant's departure. It was around this time that it was announced that Tenant was leaving. Um... And uh, it's directed by James Strong, who I feel like we've talked about a lot recently. Um, He did uh, Daleks in Manhattan, and he did Impossible Planet. Um, And I I mean, that's basically it. It's really just like a fluffy filler piece. It was designed to just be like his last great romp, um, because Waters of Mars is a bit more serious and a bit more dramatic, and End of Time, of course, is, you know, fairly dramatic. So um, yeah, that's that's basically the background on this. Um, it's, it's, uh, It's an Easter special. It's
0: Easter. So, yeah. yeah. All right. Well, uh, before we move on, we're going to you that today's episode is brought to you by DCBService.com. DCBS is the site that lets you pre-order all your monthly comic book statues, action figures, anything you can get from a local comic book shop. You place your orders three months in advance with monthly discount specials up to 75% off and regular discounts of 40% off. Ship as often as you like with orders as large or small as you like. You only pay six ninety five for flat rate shipping. So thanks to DCBService.com. Um, okay, so Plan of the Dead, uh, I remember watching this at the time and, uh, as it aired and just thinking, like, we've only got, we've only got, like, two more specials, um, because, Mm -hmm. you know, despite, despite the fact that End of Time is technically two, I still count it as one, and I think everybody else pretty much does, um. It's uh you only have two more specials and then we're get we're getting this. Like and I remember at the time just being like this was a waste of everyone's time. <laughs> um <laughs> because we're we're so near the tail end and we're just getting a romp like like what, what what like what the hell. Um and so I've never appreciated the story um really at all and so watching it this time and having such a low expectation I was taken aback by just how fun it is Mm -hmm. um it's so much fun it's i mean it's the fun it's the fun cousin to midnight is what it is yeah um and i love it it's also got like it's also got like a crazy pacific rim vibe to it um (laughs) like through the whole thing because you've got like the wacky scientist and you've got um, the strong military figure and 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 you've just got i don't know it's just it's very just adventurous and and big despite how small it actually is um yeah because because there's really only like two main sense sets which is like the bus in the desert
1: mm-hmm. and
0: the uh the uh, barricade at the at the at the tunnel yeah i mean those are like the two main sets and that's it and i mean there's little smaller sets within those sets but yeah um and i just i think that that's fascinating and i think that um the worst part about this story is that we didn't get a fifth season um of russell t davies doctor who with uh the 10th doctor and lady christina because i would watch that um because i love lady christina um (laughs) and i love how how drastically different she is from the three companions that came before her. Um, and the worst part of, of, of Lady Christina is that you look at her and she's so well formed of a character. Like she has flaws, but she's exciting and she, she's adventurous and she's just this great, uh, she's a great partner for the doctor, but also a great foil. She's everything you want from a companion And then you go immediately into the Moffat era where he doesn't know how to write companions. Mm -hmm. Um, And he writes them as plot devices rather than characters. And it just goes to show like that Russell T. Davies can write Moffat under the table. um, Mm -hmm. But nobody notices because he's not as flashy. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And and I think I think, you know, it doesn't it really doesn't it's not illustrated any more than with lady Christina and with earlier with, um, uh, Astrid. Mm-hmm. Um, those are, those are two examples of just fully formed characters that are just one-offs mm-hmm. and it's just ridiculous. Um, yeah. he does it again in waters of Mars. Yeah. Um, <laughs> oh, and does it
1: better, honestly. Like what's the yeah. crazy thing? Yeah. yeah.
0: It's, uh, it's, it's ridiculous. And, yeah. uh, I just, I had so much fun with this. It's just, it's, it's, it's ridiculously fun and it's it's really um, there's a lot of detail in this that I like a lot like do, does it scientifically make sense like the the stingray things probably not but he 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 BSs his way through it in a a science fiction way that makes sense to me and I just buy it you know yeah um, and I just I love that and I think that it's it's a really tight story mm-hmm. um despite being a little a little beefy at 60 instead of like 45 mm-hmm. um, minutes but it's uh it you never feel it and it's just great and like between um Michelle Ryan as, as Lady Christina and uh and uh, uh what's his name uh 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 Malcolm Lee Evans is Malcolm um like this is just this is just such a fun story and like That's another thing, like Lee Evans, like I used to see him in everything. Did you know this was the last thing he ever did?
1: What? Really?
0: Yeah. Yeah, he's never been in anything since this. What? He's yeah, he's never been cast in anything since this. This was the last thing he was cast in. That's crazy. Why? I I have no idea. I don't know if he retired. And it was weird, too, because this was, like, the first thing he had done in a long time. So it almost seems like he was such a big Doctor Who fan that he came out of retirement to do this one thing and then went right back into retirement.
1: Yeah, I mean, it looks like – I'm just looking at his Wikipedia page. Apparently, he's doing, like um, – like a, he's in a play right now um, in London, but – uh, oh, but like it doesn't look like he's working that much, which is crazy because he is just—he is so much fun in this. Like he just takes it and gets it. Like it's awesome to watch. And oh yeah,
0: oh man, he's—he oh, he's should—he so should be in more things. I I just remember him in um movies in like the '90s, like uh, Mouse Trap and uh, There's something about Mary. Yeah, and and it's like he used to be in a bunch of stuff. Like he was in a bunch of stuff in a row, and then just disappeared. Yeah, Um probably crazy. because he went back to England. But um, <laughs> uh, yeah. it's just it's it's fascinating to me that he doesn't really do anything uh, or or at least he most of the stuff he does must just be stage work now.
1: It has to um, be, right? Like, because that's yeah, the only
0: he probably I would imagine stage work is is fun for actors because it's like if you want a set schedule, like that's what you do. You do stage work. Yeah, and Maybe. it's also much more instant gratification where other things that too, aren't.
1: yeah, um, that that does help. Uh, yeah, so. but I love this.
0: I love this story, and uh, <laughs> I'm going to um, revisit it often because i uh i've forgotten how good it was it's so good
1: yeah i mean i get being frustrated with it like i remember being kind of frustrated with it my first time as well just because it's like it is just a fun story and it has like those vague overtones that something really bad is coming um Mm -hmm. especially at the end which which is the thing that everyone kind of talks about but um Mm -hmm. uh, it's like I, i
0: would compare it to like um the totem episode of wonderfalls yes yeah, where, where it's just like, it's like build up and then random totem episode and then the ending. And it's like, we could have done without the totem episode or you could have bumped it or something.
1: <laughs> yeah. Because um, it, it, it is, it does come out of nowhere because it, the totem episode is in the middle of like all of the stuff going on with like the tr- love triangle on that show. Right. Um, and it's really, really, really weirdly timed. And this also feels weirdly timed. But what I love is mm-hmm. that they know... Like, I feel like the totem episode was something that got backburned because they, they just kind of had it pre-shot and they just were like, well, I guess we got to burn it, um, Whereas this is very specifically like I I watched the 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 Confidential for this story and it was um and they're just like no we're just here to have fun like we're just here to do something that is big and effects laden and just to go just completely crazy and I this story does that I mean the thing like the thing that I remember about this story more than anything honestly is the bit where the stingrays are invading London there's only like four or five of them and the bus is flying around because they don't want the doctor shooting guns and the stingray just comes and attacks the bus and the doctor's like oh hell no and he swerves the bus and the bus just like bitch slaps the the stingray like it's yeah. my favorite thing it's my it's my favorite favorite thing um because it's just so silly it's just like the it's completely insane the thought that a bus that's flying could actually do that is dumb but it it really just It just works. Like, it's a story that is just completely fun and a huge romp and just big, splashy. They shot in, like, Tunisia or whatever it was. And it's just... I mean, it just looks... It looks good. It's exciting. It's fun. It's got big aliens. It's just everything you could want. It's got unit. Yeah, and it's got unit. And it's got, like, it's just everything... It's everything that you want. I think that there's there's definitely an element where parts of the story just feel like they're being they're kind of making it up as they go. Like it does feel a little bit like first draft, like the stuff with the the psychic, I don't think ever
0: really pays off, I don't think. Um I really think it's just there because he didn't have any other way to tie into the end of time. Yeah, I don't think you're wrong. I think that's the only reason it's there, honestly. Yeah. It feels like a thing that he added. Mm. Yeah, definitely. Um, in his draft, uh, that wasn't there originally. Because hmm. um, you're right, it does it does feel like it sticks out. But you can tell, like, well, I, I have to hint at the end of time. Otherwise, what's the point of this thing? Yeah. Because um, it's so. Because it's the run-up. Um, right. But it is,
1: like, it is just the sort of thing where it's like, and then all of a sudden there's bug aliens. And then you have the stingrays. And it just feels like it is one of those stories where... I know that Davies didn't write the first draft of this, but it does feel like it's kind of being made up as it's going. But mm-hmm. that also, like, there's a to- there's a point at which I don't need all of my stories to be. And I mean, I know that this is this is me praising Moffat, which I, I should be doing a little bit more, I suppose. But um, I don't need all my stories to be clo- clocks. I don't need them to be all meticulously planned out. Like, I I like that I like it when Doctor Who just kind of makes it up as it goes. Um, that, that ends up really working for Dr. Who. time. I mean, we talked about Midnight. Midnight does the same thing um, where he's just kind of making it up as he goes. And that's really – those those stories end up being really fun and this is just really, really cl- fun and also really classic. I got this really weird classic vibe from basically the last third of this where the doctor is basically just talking really fast to explain the plot. Um Mm-hmm. And, and just talking around it. And, and Christine is just like, well, what are you talking about? Like, I just thought all of that was just like, all of that third act stuff was really, really classic. in the way that Gareth Roberts is really great. Classic who, um, it mm-hmm. was really fun. Like where he's like, I need the gold. Like that, that whole bit is just really fun. Like, and it's just like them running around and just having a great time. Um,
0: and it's just, Oh, it's so much fun. It's so,
1: so, yeah. so much fun. Um,
0: it's, uh, it's, it's, the callback too. It's like, I, I think the callbacks were done really tastefully here. Yes. Um, like the just the unit like unit shows up, but it's just like they just show up. Like eh, whatever. <laughs> it's just it's just part of the world, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it's and I and I love that, and I love uh, the callback to robot where where. He's just like, oh, I've read all your files, and he's like, oh, really? Which one was your favorite? That was it, the giant robot. And he's like, wow, oh, never mind, I don't have time for this. Like, and I just, I, I just love that. Like, it's, it's, yeah. it's, it's so great. Um, yeah. And I just, uh, I don't know, man. Like, this is just, this is, this is the kind of thing. Like, if this was Doctor Who every week was like this sort of thing, like, I would be very happy. Yeah. Um, well, this is the sort of I thing just, that
1: made me love Doctor Who in the first place. Like when I started getting exactly. into it, it's just like one of those things where I guess I just wasn't watching enough fun television or not enjoying television because it's fun. Like this is the sort of thing that Doctor Who does excessively, excessively well. Um, And I love that by by doing it and just making a fun story. Like it just, I mean, it's just, it's just like, it's just like you just go in and I don't see how you can walk out. Like any people who walk out of this story and don't have like a really good time with it, especially... Not the first time because I don't think that this is a great story the first time. Um, when you're watching it in order, like I don't think it plays as well, but watching it again, Mm -hmm. um, it definitely is the sort of thing where it's like, no, this is what I want from it. And it is like, it seems like it's not ambitious, but like, uh, I think the scope of it is like shooting down in Tunisia or wherever or Dubai or wherever they were shooting was really important Mm -hmm. and and the lots of special effects and um. Lots of vertical space with her dropping via cables and wires and stuff is really mm-hmm. really great. Um I just love that
0: there's no antagonist. Like that's just pure Doctor Who for me is when yeah. there's no antagonist. Definitely. It's the it's like Where a it's force. Just, of it's it's the doctor fighting nature. Yeah. 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 I love that.
1: Um uh, I think I think that's I think that's really all I got. Oh, oh the one other thing that I wanted to mention. I really love the uh, the politique of of Lady Christina at the end, where she's just like, "Come with, come, like, come with you," and the doctor's just like, "No," and she's just like, "What? Why? We work so well together." He's like, "Maybe another time," but I've kind of sworn off people for a really long time, so no. And she's just like, "Come on," and he's just like, "Also, you're a thief," and she's like. Really? You're gonna throw that one at me? And he's like, yeah. And then the cops come by, carry her away. And then he's just like, he's just like, yep, you're a thief. Sorry. It's the way it goes. And then she's in handcuffs and he just like unlocks her and just goes, yeah, get away. And I love that the end of this is literally just like, yeah, let's leave the one who, uh, who just steals really expensive really priceless historical artifacts let's just let's just let her go away scot-free with a flying bus like i love and everyone's like really happy about it and i love yeah (laughs) so it's like i just love the politics of that where it's just like "Eh, that's a little shady but i'm I'm, i'll go Mm -hmm. with it
0: i'll go with it i also i love that he swears off companions um only to pick up a new one as soon as he regenerates <laughs> um without even questioning it and then on on and then on top of that then swears it off again <laughs> man he needs to, like, he needs to stop doing buddy that. well they we just need to have that just it, it, I just I hope Peter cabaldi's doctor is just like he's just like yeah no companions uh, uh you know you want to you want to travel with me then uh, you might get hurt or, or killed or whatever um it's just you know, comes with the territory. Yeah. Like, I feel like that's how he should be, where it's just like, this is it just, this is it a thing that happens, and just sort of be accepting of it, because, like, I just don't want another mopey doctor. Yeah, um, yeah, and it's really, it
1: really is only a new series thing.
0: I can't think of a time where
1: the doctor was traveling around by himself in the classic series at all, really, um, and was just, mm-hmm. like, swearing off companions. Like, even after Deadly Assassin, like, Deadly Assassin's a thing he has to go through alone, but the second he gets into Face of Evil, he's just like, yeah, I guess I'll just hang out with Leela. It's fine. And then like, that's, mm-hmm. I mean, that's really, that's really, that's much more Doctor Who to me. Like, and, and I think that like, I think that the Moffitt thing, like I don't even fault Moffat for going for the, I don't want people anymore. Like I don't fault him for that. The problem is that someone had just done it. Like it works for the tenant doctor because the tenant doctor has been through a lot of stuff and he's just seeing pain and, and like, you can get away with mm-hmm. it for one doctor, but like at this point it just and feels he, And tired. he's
0: reaching his end. So it's like, it's, so it's like mournful yeah. a little. Um, So like, it just, it all works thematically and and everything and it's not just one companion it's it's like well it's two um because uh, martha's fine um <laughs> so so it's it's two companions that he just he's just really bummed out about and it's like okay well that's that's fine yeah um especially but, after donna like especially after all of yeah. that badness like i exactly fault him for that but like the idea
1: that i love that i love that the regeneration is a reset button for him where he just like he like undergoes this existential crisis and just goes oh yeah i guess i really did need those people whoops um that's that's a nice (laughs) touch to me but it's one of those things where it's just like after amy he's just really bummed out like bummed out so consistently it's like stop you know like just i don't we don't need it like it's just
0: too much um yeah yeah. 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 All right. Well, um, we're going to talk about uh, the 8th Doctor's ebook in just a second before we do, I want to remind you that today's episode is brought to you by instocktrades.com where you can purchase any paperback, hardcover, omnibus or absolute edition graphic novel collection that's currently in print at 35 to 45% off plus new release specials at 50% off every week. And remember, all orders over $50 get free shipping so thanks to instocktrades.com. Um, okay, so uh, we're going to talk about Spore, which is the Eighth Doctor um, ebook, uh, like ebook novella thing, mini thing. Um, who's it by? It's by Alex Scara. Scar- Scaro? S-C-A-R-R-O-W. Scaro Scaro S C A R R O W Scarrow, Scarrow, something like that. S- okay, Scaro. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, so it's um, it's it's Eighth uh, Doctor one. He has no companion in this. Um, if I were to describe who his companion was in this, I would say it's America. Um, <laughs> because that's apparently, it's apparently the only thing that, uh, that could be consistent from the, um, from the TV movie. So he's back in America because that's the eighth doctor, right? Always traveling to America. That's right. Um, that one time, um, so he's back in america and he's like in the desert and there's uh some soldiers and there's a spore outbreak and um it's all really really boring um Mm. this is so boring uh i was like nodding off like throughout um oh so bored uh but uh (laughs) Eighth, eighth doctor's voice was done really well i think um I think uh, the, the author definitely captured uh, captured his voice for sure. Uh, this was just a really, really uh, boring story and uh, was way too descriptive to the point where it felt like padding. Yeah. Um, where I was just like, okay, you don't need to describe the desert. It's a desert. I know what a desert looks like. Um <laughs> It's like you don't spend two paragraphs telling me what the desert looks like. Just say it's a desert and move on. But the story itself is so simple and uh, just – it's 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 not really a Doctor Who story. It felt more like an X-Files story to me mm. um, and uh, so it just doesn't – it just doesn't work and you could tell that – uh, the author is like scrambling to meet their word count for this thing, yeah, um, because it is way overwritten. Mm-hmm. Um, not not good. This is probably my least favorite of of these ebooks so mm-hmm. far. So
1: I still like the Patrick Trout one the least, but I would have to agree with you on that. Um, I'm still glad that I read this. Um, there were parts of this that I thought were working for me. I love that. I love his attempt – I like I like Scarrow's attempt to – or Scarrow's attempt to uh, portray the doctor through action, like him investigating this town and kind of figuring out what's going on. But the problem is, like, the doctor knows what's going on the whole time. Um, like, the whole time he knows exactly what's going on, and the book makes that clear, so it makes the investigation a little bit less dramatic. Um, mm-hmm whereas like if this were a mutation of the spore i think it would be a little bit more interesting but as it is you're just like you're just like okay so let me guess how this is going to end the doctor is going to meld with this thing and he's going to save the day and that's exactly what happens um mm-hmm. and it's not i mean it's not like you said it's not super terribly exciting i like the setting i like the i like Evelyn Chen i thought that the stuff with her is really interesting and i like that scarrow or scarrow attempts to do a like a a, a sort of an aliens-esque approach to doctor who like if like if the doctor showed up in aliens like what the doctor would do because this virus really reminded like the the stuff with the crabs and the creeping and the thriller and the horror really reminded me a lot of alien and aliens um Mm -hmm. and i liked that um uh, it's just, it's just that um, you're right. It is a bit padded. It does feel a little bit slow. Like I, I compare this to something like the Spear of Destiny, which is that third Doctor one, and that third Doctor one just moved. Like that, that thing was a roller coaster, um, and that's still mm-hmm. my favorite. Whereas this is, this does feel a little bit slow. It does feel a little bit too drawn out. Um, I liked his his uh, voice of McGann, but it's interesting because. He did an interview when he started, and he's just like, "Well, there's not been that much McGann stuff, so he's he's got he's an entire tapestry that I can just tap into." And I was just reading this, and uh, I heard that quote, and I was just like, "Oh, buddy, you're not correct. Um, <laughs> not mm-hmm. about that. There's been so much McGann stuff out there. Um, right? Stuff, but it doesn't count. Yeah. Well, this doesn't count either. Then Alex Scarrow. Um,
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: But uh, yeah, I mean, I thought that I thought that there was stuff to like about this. I hate I hate the thing where he's just like. Uh, he comes up with a question to test the intelligence of a species, and he doesn't have an answer for it at all. He just gets to smugly say, work around it. And at first I thought he was going to say something about it, and maybe I missed it in subtext or something. But it just, like, it's one of those things where it's like, you'll find out. And it's like, no, we're not. I'm going to end this book, and it's never going to be brought up again. Like, you know you know mm-hmm. that, right? Like, you just made that up. Um, mm-hmm. And I found that terribly frustrating. Um, eh, eh, eh. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's about how I feel about it. Yeah. Um, looking forward to the ninth doctor one though. Yeah, the Beast of Babylon. Uh, that, that'll be interesting. The thing I'm afraid of is uh that author overdoing the the Eccleston voice, mm. um, and just being like throwing in all of the catchphrases. Yeah. Because now now we're starting. we now once we get into um, once we get into to to ninth doctor territory, then we're we're in catchphraseville. Yeah. Um. Where like every doctor has a, a series of catchphrases, mm-hmm. um, and it's just like it's it's like don't 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 feel the need to to include them. You get like, one fantastic, don't.
1: one, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, two if they're even very then
0: good. A fa- one fantastic in a, in a short ebook is uh, it's still I find it questionable. Sure, um, I don't know. Sure. But. I, I, it's just too obvious. It's too on the nose, yeah. you know? Like, be better than that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, also interesting, from
1: what I understand, this book, which, I mean, it doesn't come out for another week or two. Um, and we're not covering it for two weeks. But what's interesting about this one is I think it doesn't have Rose in it. I think he's picked a different person to just kind of go with. It's the Ninth Doctor Solo, which I think is really an interesting choice. Uh,
0: that's probably because Rose will be with the Tenth Doctor. Yeah. Mm maybe 10th or 10th it'll be Rosa donna that's for sure <laughs> i don't know some i see a lot of people going with martha in like extracurricular stuff oh man um like he had a whole run in the books in the comics with martha yeah
1: and the novels too there was a lot of uh
0: of martha novels a ton yeah there's a lot of martha novels which is good i like um, that it's good yeah um, um, yeah, I don't know. Do you have do you have a do you have a dream author for the tenth Doctor? I'm still pushing for Rolling. I'm still pushing. I mean, I know it's probably yeah. not going
1: to happen, but especially now that she has a fancy Hollywood deal. But um, I mean, I think that if they manage to do that, that would make this series just completely insane. Like, yeah, that would be I because I cause amongst other things, I really want to know what a J.K. Rolling Doctor Who
0: story looks like. I would want her to do eleventh Doctor though cuz i think sh- her voice would be better suited for him hmm. um just cuz the whimsy sure. um but uh i I've kinda, i kind of i kind of really want joe hill to do the 10th doctor one that'd be so madness that'd be cuz he's such a big doctor who fan that'd be so cool
1: i mean yeah. they're generally going after children's authors but uh, that could that could that could work the one i'll tell work. you who it won't be neil gaiman ain't doing it <laughs> no way
0: <laughs> no yeah, way it won't be neil gaiman um <laughs> Alright, well, uh that's it for this week. Uh next week we're gonna be covering the Patrick Trouton story, The Crotons, which is the second Robert Holmes story. First ever Robert Holmes story. Oh, I thought space I thought uh Space Pirates. Nope, was first. Space Pirates was second. Hmm. Yeah. Huh. A little bit of a sophomore slump, hey? Uh, <laughs> for a lot of reasons. <laughs> um all right, so uh the Crotons next week. First ever Robert Holmes story. Very exciting. Um Big fans of Robert Holmes on the show, Heck yeah. Um, and then uh, on the other side of that, uh, Father's Day, back with the Ninth Doctor. Mm-hmm. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're really breaking the Father's bank on Day. that one. <laughs> oh, Father's Day! Oh man, <laughs> so good. Yeah, um, can't wait to talk about that. Uh, and then, uh, and then Modern Undead, Dead, which is uh, continuing Fifth Doctor. That's our halfway mark. Then... That's that's the that's the halfway story when we're halfway oh. through this. Yeah. Oh nice um, and then uh, invasion of time which is a fourth doctor story a legendary fourth doctor story hell yeah um, hell yeah for being ridiculous <laughs> um, <laughs> then uh, and then and then uh, we wrap up our regular content with uh, uh, the seventh doctor survival um, which is the last uh, classic who story ever yes um, yes yeah. And then, uh, and then we start our countdown of, uh, our, 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 uh, 10 to one countdown to, um, the 50th anniversary. Yeah. So, uh, really exciting. We've only got, oh, we've only got like, I think we'll be there by the end of, uh, October. So, yep. um, it's really, I'm excited to get that going. Really excited.
1: Yeah. I'm looking at the, uh, I'm looking so, at the numbers anyway, and I'm just like
0: blown away. Yeah. 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 Um, All right. So that's uh, that's that's that. And in the meantime, um, you can uh, you can you can check out our other podcasts, uh, the Mind Robbers, uh, where um, we've we've been studying uh, studying pilots. We've been comparing and contrasting them, um, talking about what works, what doesn't work. Uh, Recently, we did uh, the pilots to uh, Rob Thomas's Cupid. Um, he, they did it back in 98 and then he remade the show in, in 2009 and we covered both of those pilots and compared them. Um, this week on the show we're doing, uh, Studio 60 on the Sunset Strip and 30 Rock. Um, so we're comparing those pilots, uh, because, you know, two shows that, that are not about Saturday Night Live. Mm-hmm. Um very uh very 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 good 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 stuff good stuff so we're doing that and then we do uh, a movie pick each week and then whatever else we're talking about um so uh so check out the mind robbers the mind robbers versus we're wrapping up batman beyond we've only got one more week after this week um and then we're jumping into justice league uh so that's so exciting um and, uh, and yeah, so make sure that you're checking those out. Those are both on mindrobber.net. And then of course on iTunes, leave iTunes reviews. Um, and then you can follow us on Twitter. I'm twitter.com slash Scott Corelli. Also Scott commentary where I'll, I swear I'll live tweet something eventually. Um, <laughs> 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 uh, Matt's, uh, Matt's live tweeting me under the table. Um, and yeah. where are you doing that?
1: I'm doing that over on uh, uh, GD Commentary, which is my, uh, I think, Gungadin Commentary, over at Twitter. Um, also, my um, regular Twitter account is Gungadin, because somehow I managed to sneak Gungadin. Uh, but seriously, GD Commentary, where I'll live-tweet greatness like, uh, Olympus Has Fallen, and hopefully make you laugh while doing it. Um Uh, and then of course classicalgallifrey.blogspot.com where you can find all my thoughts on all of the stories um, including uh, the crotons which we're talking about next week and uh, all classic who not planet of the dead though here's my exclusive thoughts on planet of the dead you just heard them
0: yay yay alright well we'll talk to you next week with the crotons bye bye guys